Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, see, my morning just got instantly brighter. That's how much I love the Backstreet Boys. I used to call myself a closet Backstreet Boys fan, but nah, completely out of the closet with my BSB love now. Such good music to clean to if you ever need some reason to get excited about cleaning or you just need to get through it. It works every single time. (laughs) It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. We're live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance yours, Rocket Mortgage can help you get there. For home loan solutions that fit your life, Rocket can If you are just joining us this morning, well, okay, I kind of understand, but you missed what was a superb conversation, as in super superb, conversation with Hall of Famer Kurt Warner. It was so cool to have him back on the show again. I had been looking at the Monday Night Football schedule and was trying to find an opportunity where it wouldn't be too taxing or too much trouble for him to join us, and it helps when... The Monday night games are on the West Coast like it was last night with the Broncos facing the Chargers at SoFi Stadium. And so we were able to grab him once he was in the car, actually with Kevin Harlan. I could hear Kevin in the background (laughs) when he was back back out of the stadium and in transit, uh, whether they were flying home. I know Kurt lives in Arizona or whether they were going out to eat or something else. It was awesome to be able to catch up with him and to ask him about what we've seen offensively from the NFL in the first six weeks. There have been flashes to be sure. These are still the best players in the world. And I am still watching with this air of expectation. Great anticipation, always. The Bills, the Eagles, the Chiefs for the most part, those teams have been closer to putting together 60-minute games. I would say the rest of the NFL has been hit or miss a lot of the time. Inconsistent at best. Disjointed. Discombobulated. Oh, I love that word. Discombobulated. Messy, ugly. Didn't we talk to you on Sunday night into Monday? And I saw a lot of your responses still on social media on Monday when I woke up. It's been good at times, but it's been more of bad and ugly. Ugly. You can't just say it ugly. It's just, it's one of those words, onomatopoeia, where you have to actually say it like like it should sound, like it should feel Now that we've got six weeks in the books, fill in the blank. The offense around the league this season has been what? And don't blame the referees. That's a cop-out. I know it's easy to point to them, but that is not the truth. And the players, your favorite players would not point to them either. The referees don't miss throws. 
The referees don't completely abandon the run game. That's that's another thing that I do not get. The referees don't run the wrong route or not turn around and look for the football when the ball is coming at them. The referees didn't change teams. The referees didn't change head coaches. <laughs> the referees aren't dropping the football. They're not fumbling. They're not throwing interceptions. The referees aren't going three and out over and over and over and over. And there are some very good defenses in the NFL that tend to cover up those inconsistent, messy, ugly offenses. But there's a reason why we only have one team with six wins. There's a reason why we only have, what is it, three other teams with five wins? There's a reason why the NFL is largely bunched together. Pancake, if you will. All kind of flatlined right across the middle. So fill in the blank on Twitter, A-Law Radio. On our Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence. And while you're there, please vote for TD of the Week. Because as I said, there are some pretty impressive individual moments. Moments that stand out. Jaw-dropping moments. It's just not the majority of the time. At least that's the way it seems to me. Last night on Monday Night Football, Justin Herbert, 57 pass attempts, no touchdowns. No quarterback has ever attempted to throw the ball 57 times in a game without logging a touchdown. Scoring is definitely taken a downturn. But I'm still watching with great expectation believing that we're going to see the cream rise to the top. We're going to see the best of the best because that's who they are. For some reason, it's just taken longer to find any kind of a rhythm and groove or to put 60 minutes of football together. I had such high hopes for Monday Night Football when they started. I really did. I'm telling you what, we got... Some real, honest scoring drives in the first half. Mike Boone in the game to his right. Wilson steps up, floats to a wide open receiver, gets it to 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Greg Dulcich. How about a welcome to the NFL drive for the rookie out of UCLA. Third down, long one, short two from the six, handoff. As Herbert got the snap, he gives to Eckler. They're shoving him in. Down the hash mark and in for the touchdown. Bulldozing, sledgehammering. Eckler takes it in on a six-yard touchdown run into the teeth of the Denver D. And the Chargers are on the board with a good-looking drive. Yeah, it was good looking. <laughs> the Broncos actually scored in their first two drives, a field goal, and then that 39-yard strike to a rookie from Russell Wilson. And the Chargers answered, and I'm thinking, yeah, hallelujah. Wrap it up week six with some offense from a team other than the Chiefs in the AFC West. Now, the Raiders have looked good in stretches. We Again, we know how it goes. It's up, it's down, it's all around, especially when you have Derek Carr, who's throwing the football. He can chuck that puppy, but sometimes chucks it to the wrong team. And you could say that about a lot of quarterbacks right now. I'm telling you, though, I was all about it. I'm thinking, yes, Broncos are redeeming themselves on national TV. I don't even need the Monday Night Mannings. I've got a real game here. 
Oh, dear. Well, then, I, I did not jinx it, by the way. I don't even think I spoke it out loud. I think I thought it. That doesn't, that's not a jinx, right? Jay's the one who believes in jinxes. Does that? Yes. <laughs> Crap. Okay, thanks, Derek. It, it, thinking it does not change the flow of the universe. Oh, stop it in there. Come on. I thought it. I didn't even speak it out loud. It's a dangerous game. Because my dog was snoring, so there was no one to tell. That's what Penny thinks of football. Generally, I'd say not speaking it out loud doesn't put it into existence, but the thoughts are there, so I would be careful with it. Oh, would you? Oh, okay, from now on, I'll be careful with the thoughts that I think about Broncos and Chargers football. It's After Hours, CBS Sports Radio. The rest of the way, after they had the first 10 points on the board, the Broncos had two more field goals and seven punts. They only got into the red zone one time. Didn't have 300 yards of offense. But did have 151 yards in penalties. I mean, I guess they're good at racking some kind of yardage up. There were more opportunities for the Chargers. In fact, they were plus 10 minutes in time of possession. But they were only one for four in the red zone. This is crazy to me. I don't know the last time I saw a team have 22 opportunities to convert on third down. That's a big number. And yeah, the game went into overtime, but it, 11 of 22 on third down. So they're actually 50% on third down. Just to throw some numbers out there for context. But yeah, the 19 total penalties, that definitely hurt. It felt like there were nearly as many field goal tries. Hopkins to tie this game at 16. The Chargers have never led. I didn't yawn, I swear. And the kick is good. And we are tied with 3.58 to go in the game. Wait, I play, I play that one because Matt Smith sounds like he's about to yawn. Okay, that's not fair to Matt Smith on Chargers Radio. But he does not sound excited. And the kick is good. <laughs> I wish he was here. I would ask him, were you just tired of seeing and field goals? we are tied with... <laughs> He was probably thinking the same thing. Overtime? Are we going to overtime? In the game. Are we really going to get overtime? I know that's what many of you were thinking with the Broncos and Colts a week ago Thursday. Are you kidding me? We have to see more of this. And yet, it's like watching a train wreck. We just can't quit you, football. We really can't. Uh, multiple punts to start the overtime. And actually, Kurt Warner mentioned this on the broadcast on Westwood One, that he thought it was going to take some kind of a miscue, a mistake, a turnover for something to break. And this is a big kick from Scott. Fair catch signaled for. And it's on the ground. Ball is on the ground. Ball is on the ground waiting for a signal as they pull bodies off. It's Charger football. All right, here we go from the left hash. 29-yarder for the win, Dustin Hopkins. Snap, hold, kick is up, and it is good! Chargers win! <laughs> he got a little more excited there at the end. 
I can neither confirm nor deny that it was because the game was over. No, no, no. The Chargers actually now have the same record as the Chiefs atop the AFC West. And so for them, it's a huge deal, obviously, because they're now tied for first place. And anytime you can get a win in this league, especially if you're the Chargers, it is nothing to sneeze at. They've won three games in a row now. They're sitting at four and two. Meanwhile, the Broncos dropped to two and four. And Nathaniel Hackett's holding on to hope. This is very disappointing. Uh, we need to have a lot more urgency across the board. Uh, starts with me as a coach, going to all the other coaches and then to the players. Uh, players need to be, uh, you know, just more urgent. Uh, we, we had some opportunities there, and we got to execute at a higher level. We got to come up with some better plays. I thought we started off great. I mean, everybody was catching the ball. Guys were making plays where we looked like how I feel like we should look like. We kept our tempo up and everything else. Uh, Dolchers had made a great touchdown. Um, the energy was high early on. It's a good football team out there, but, but we're just as, just as good, if not better, and we feel like. And we've got to answer the call. You know, it's uh, adversity is, is uh, challenging us right now, but um, the, only way I, the only way I know through, through it all is just continue to work hard. We came out, we started fast, uh, but we just weren't able to sustain drives. Um, so I, I, we just got to figure out a way to sustain drives, uh, keep the ball moving, keep defense off the field, and when we get down there, score touchdowns. So overall, we just got to uh, find a way to score points um, and sustain drives. So um, we just got to keep digging, keep finding ways to get better, and uh, I think we can turn it around. That's Latavius Murray, who has... I guess you could say supplanted Melvin Gordon as the Broncos top option, at least last night. He had 15 carries for 66 yards. So Broncos were close to the century mark with rushing. Not so much for the Chargers. They kind of went away from that. And neither team had a lot of success doing anything, really. But it was interesting to note that Melvin Gordon had just a handful of carries and then was standing on the sidelines watching. I mean, Kurt mentioned he was engaged in the game, didn't look hurt, but... Who knows what's going on there? It was a game that started with such promise. <laughs> but a win is a win is a win is a win. This was a complete team win. Um, it was a tough, rugged game. Outstanding defense over there. And it was tough sledding in every way for all four quarters in overtime. And it was just a tough and rugged game. And it took everybody in Powder Blue to win it. Two years ago, maybe that's a different story. And for us to go out and close and, and finish and um, to get that turnover on special teams like that is huge for us. And um, just to, to stay in the fight, come back from 10-0 uh, early on, you know, it says a lot about our team. True. <laughs> I'm just wanting more. I'm left wanting more. I don't think I'm alone on my island either. Judging by your responses to our fill-in-the-blank query tonight, the offense around the NFL this season is what? We would invite you to use words that we can repeat on the radio. Some of you have chosen emojis like the toilet bowl. <laughs> I think that was bright. The offense around the NFL this season is what? Now, to make you feel better, we've got some pretty amazing candidates for TD of the week. We actually had to kick a few people out of the poll because this this was top. We had game winners that weren't included in the poll. Uh, so check it out on Twitter as well as on Facebook because I think we all may need a reminder that there's some dazzling moments out there. It just seems like they are fewer and farther between than what we're used to in the NFL. 855-212-4227. Still to come, the, well, the, 
move made that I guess we all anticipated or we should have anticipated hours after Steve Wilkes kicked his receiver Robbie Anderson off the field and Tom Brady with Kevin Durant on his podcast because if you didn't know, the NBA tips off on this Tuesday. Good to have you with This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning to you. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Hopkins ready. The snap, ball put down, kick is away, end over Rand, it's good, it's good, the Chargers have won! And they have never led until now! And the pain so excruciating that Hopkins after the game-winning kick falls to the turf, holding onto his leg, but he's won it! He's won it! Well, he almost felt as the way the game was going tonight with the defenses playing the way that they were, that it was going to come down to some kind of turnover. Some kind of play setting up their offense in good field position because you didn't feel like either offense was going to be able to work the distance of the field. And what a bummer for that young returner, Washington. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Montreal, Washington is who Kurt Warner is referring to. And yes, he is the one that muffed the punt deep into overtime that led to a shorter field and the eventual game-winning kick for the Chargers. That's Kurt, along with Kevin Harlan on Westwood One. Interesting moment, though, because Washington had a teammate pushed into him, and it seemed like, judging by Twitter, but also the reaction on both TV and radio, that a lot of football people thought that should have been a penalty. As it turns out, that's not the case. The rule book indicates it's his own guy, it's his own teammate, and that's not on uh, the other team, even if the Chargers pushed his teammate into him. And, and Montrell said the same. It's my job for him to get out the way, like for me to get him out the way. So I just gotta, I gotta be louder. That's just all it is to it. I just gotta be louder to help him out to where he can hear me. I know it was louder in there, but still, I, I, it's my job to be louder than what it is in there to help him out. So that's on me. Well, my reaction was initially is that, hey, this is a great hang when he hit it. I was like, okay, that's up there. It's going to give us a chance. And then he had bobbled one earlier, if you remember. And so we kind of knew that going into the ball game. And I think our Gunners did an outstanding job populating it. 
and, you know, Ja and Dean were able to get down there and make something happen. So the muff punt leading to the final field goal of the night on Monday Night Football. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence. Brandon Staley there on the muffed punt, but also really proud of his injured kicker. Dustin Hopkins goes four for four in this game, but on every single kick ended up kind of folding to the ground because uh, he had a cramp slash strain, according to Staley. Uh, Dustin himself... We don't often have kickers that get interviewed after the game, but Dustin uh, was talking in Monday Night Football about it afterwards. It didn't matter, and I I don't mean that like, I could have kicked it from wherever. That's not what I mean. It just meant if it was going to hurt, what's the difference if it's 20 or it's 55? You know, it was just like, well, give it a rip, and that was it. We've got so much respect for him. We know he's hurting, and, you know, that's the great part about the NFL is those guys, uh, you know, they're, they're committed to our team, and he's tough, and, and that's all you can say about him for, for him to go out there and play and put up with some pain like that. Um, it's great to see from him. I actually asked Kurt Warner when he joined us earlier on the show that if a kicker is playing hurt, does he earn your respect? And he said, well, they're kind of strange anyway. <laughs> You're going to have to get the rest of the answer on our podcast after hours, amylawrence.com. But coming up following the update, we will bring back a part of that conversation with Kurt because we talked to him about the offense that we're seeing in the NFL through the course of the first six weeks. We put a spot up on Twitter and Facebook asking you to fill in the blank. Many of you are getting cute and using a play on words when I say to you the offense around the NFL this season is what David like others this is David on Twitter offensive (laughs) yeah yeah I see where you're going with that so on Twitter a law radio vote for TD of the week also on Facebook named after the show NBA does in fact tip off on this Tuesday night so a week after the NHL drops its initial pucks Hoops and hockey are back. Uh, I know there's some of you who are desperate for me to break down what's happening in the first week of the NHL season. Uh, and maybe you're going to want me to break down what happens in the first two nights or first two games of the NBA season. All right, maybe we'll mention it. The Warriors are getting their banner raising. It just feels so early. But that is why October is insane, because all four of the major team sports are operating at the same time. It doesn't happen in any other month during the season when we actually have games that count. Tom Brady does his Let's Go podcast on Sirius XM every Monday. He did talk about the Buccaneers' offensive struggles So you'll have to check that out on your own. But he also had Kevin Durant. And surprise, surprise, KD actually appreciates the fact that Tom Brady will let loose on his teammates on the sidelines. It happens, especially in the heat of the moment. I mean, you want to you want to find a solution fast, and you know sometimes, well, the best way to do it is to you know handle it in the moment. So if you let it simmer until halftime or until the next time out, then you might be, in our case, down ten, twelve points. You know, so we want to correct something as soon as it happened. You know, so you seen that like you seen that yesterday. You see that all around the NFL. That's why I like when they show so much access to the sidelines because you stop play uh, to think about your next play. You know, the whole game. So you always got to be in constant communication, and that's how I feel. We got to be on the basketball court too. So it's pretty cool seeing that. Again, part of the Let's Go podcast. Now, this one I found a little amusing. Maybe he's aging in dog years. Tom Brady's forty-five. Kevin Durant's 34, but he's been through some fairly serious injuries and he's missed chunks of time. Last year played 55 games of the 82 on the NBA slate and they were going back and forth about 
wanting to compete, staying hungry, but also keeping your physical body ready to go when you are aging. It's starting to get tricky, though, as I get older in age, because I'm starting to experience more as a man outside of me being an athlete. So it's like, where's the balance? Like, should I still be this, like, I'm always going to be hungry, but should I still be this, like, every day just immersed in what I'm doing or should I continue to keep growing on that side? So it's just like, I want to keep the balance of, like, work and play. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, I'm just so excited to to play the game and, like, to go out there and shoot a shot or, like, work with my teammates. So it's, it's definitely been, you know, a mental obstacle of trying to figure out what's the good balance between the two. Jim, can I say something about that? Because sure. it's a good point, and you know, and you feel certainly me being 45 now. It's like, do I, I just think the same way? Do I still, I almost look at like a football season, like you're going away on deployment yeah. in the military. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, man, here I go again. And there's only one way to do it. And I think, Jim, we've talked from time to time just about how do you enjoy the certain moments of it, you know? And the reality is, is, you can really only be authentic to yourself, right? Whatever you may say, oh man, I wanna you know, make sure I spend a little more time doing this you know, during the season. Yeah. The reality yeah. Is, is when it comes down to it, your competitiveness takes over. And as much as you wanna have this playful balance with the work yeah. balance, yeah. you're gonna end up doing exactly what you've always done, which is why you are who you are. You're gonna go, how the f do I get it done? All right, there's Tom Brady. How the bleep do I get it done? Uh, as much as you want to be able to divvy up time for other things and have a personal life and work-life balance, and this is not obviously on the same level. I'm not paid the money. I, I'm not in a high-profile position like they are. But I will say the busiest times of the year, I also struggle to find a balance. October, there are times when I think, okay, if I can just wash my dishes today, I will know that it's been a successful day. If I wash my dishes and water my flowers, uh, if I actually take a shower, just kidding, that was a total joke. Don't, I know there's many people who run with that. Um, something else, if I exercise multiple times this week, okay, that's my me time. <laughs> if I can set aside a couple of hours for phone calls with family and friends, I'll feel like I had a little balance and I'm not completely just inundated and consumed by football in October. But it's hard sometimes, again, not saying that I operate at their level, but just that I want to be as good at my job as they are at theirs. And it can be tough to find work-life balance in an industry that revolves around an industry that can be all-consuming. However, we do love it. And every now and then, we're able to connect with Hall of Famers, like the great Kurt Warner, who was kind enough to give us a few minutes following Monday Night Football. Been a couple of years since we got him. I feel like I was breathing better this time. <laughs> But I still think I was a little bit geeked up. So you can tell me. Actually, don't tell me. I don't want to know. Uh, we'll bring back part of that conversation. I learned a lot, actually. Kurt Warner has a word for the offense. So he filled in the blank for us. And we're asking you to do the same. So far through six weeks, the offense in the NFL is what? On Twitter, A Law Radio. Also on our Facebook page, you can vote for TD of the Week as well. Good to have you with us on this Tuesday morning. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. To Touchdown Tuesday on After Hours. Firing for the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. Touchdown! Takes it himself to the power line. Touchdown! One man to beat 10. He's gone. They throw in the end zone. Cut. Touchdown! Hey, the guy missed. He's inside the five. He's to the free throw one. Tom Stubbs. Feather something into the end zone. Touchdown! To cast your vote for the TD of the week, head to at After Hours CBS on Twitter or give us a call at 855-212-4227. The Buffalo Bills. Takes. Josh looks to throw. Looks in the end zone. Fires a strike into the end zone. It is caught for the touchdown. It is Dawson Knox. Two yards deep in the touch in the end zone. Touchdown, Buffalo. An amazing strike thrown by Josh Allen to Dawson Knox for the score. 104 left on the clock. The Cincinnati Bengals. Burrow in the gun, Mixon to his left. Joe drops back to throw. His pass, caught by Chase at the 50, runs through an arm tackle. Down the sideline. He's going to take it to the house. Jamar Chase, a 60-yard touchdown. And the Bengals have the lead with 1.57 to go. Unbelievable. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Long count, gets the snap. He's back. Fires for the end zone. Touchdown, Claypool. Wow. Oh, a little stop, Rob, into some zone coverage. What a great job. Mitch seen it. He just seen it, man, and he let it go. He sees it, then he does it. The Indianapolis Colts. Three receivers to the left. Ryan throws down the near sideline, looking for Alec Pierce. He's got it. Touchdown. Touchdown. Alec Pierce spikes it into the end zone. Four incredible candidates. Just to remind us that there is some entertaining, scintillating, offense, impressive, jaw-dropping feats of strength. It just may not be the norm. Just not yet. Bills radio that Dawson Knox touchdown with a minute to go against the Chiefs. Then you hear Bengals rallying against the Saints in the Superdome. Of course, it's Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase. That's Dan Horton, Dave Lapham. On Steelers Radio, Mitch Trubisky stepping in for the injured Kenny Pickett, finding Chase Claypool against the Buccaneers. And finally, mere seconds left on the clock. Hey, we've seen this Matt Ryan before to Alec Pierce, the game-winning score against the Jaguars. Remember the last time the Colts played the Jaguars? Was it 24-0 they got shut out or something like that? Uh, Matt Taylor on Colts Radio. So, yes, judging by your responses, I'm not the only one who's – Wondering about the offense in the NFL this season. We're asking you to fill in the blank 
The offense around the league so far this season is what? On Twitter, After Hours CBS, or on our Facebook page. And that's also where you can vote for the TD of the week. We'll have the big reveal coming up on the Hump Show. It was so cool to be able to catch up with Kurt Warner again. Big fan of the Hall of Fame quarterback, the NFL Network analyst, and obviously also the Westwood One analyst. And once he was done with the broadcast for Westwood One along with Kevin Harlan, uh, we were able to snag a few minutes. So we're just going to bring back part of that conversation. But we were talking about the Broncos offense, and he was mentioning that he thought it took about a year when you pair a new quarterback with a new coach, offensive coordinator, new receivers, just new everything, that it can take a year to feel real comfortable. So then I asked him about his expectations for the Chargers because I heard him say on the broadcast that he had higher expectations for them in the third year of Justin Herbert. He and Brandon Staley have been together now for a little while. So, Kurt, what do you see with them that's holding them back? I just, and I've seen it with a lot of teams this year, is that when you watch them, you can't necessarily put your finger on, okay, what's off here? But a lot of teams, their offenses look choppy. So it doesn't flow. You know, like you don't see them, you know, get in and make one of these drives where it's just kind of like bang, 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 and it just works, and now we're in the end zone. And that's kind of what it looks like to me with the Chargers is that they've got a really good quarterback. They've got really good players across the board, but it just looks choppy. You know, just like tonight, they could never really get anything going and establish any kind of a drive and, and, and create big plays down the field. And, um, and I can't really put my finger on, okay, what is it that's holding them back and stopping them from being able to do that? But, you know, I've been a little disappointed with their offense because it has been choppy and probably more disappointed until tonight with their defense. You know, J.C. Jackson, you know, comes over, and Khalil Mack, and, you know, you already have Boza, and you have Dur- Derwin. I mean, you just look at these guys on paper, and you're like, these guys should be dominating mm. with what they have offensively and defensively, and it just hasn't worked out like that up to this point. And so, um, you know, I'm going to continue to watch and try to see if I can figure out what it is. Um, but the biggest thing is you just want this team to develop that killer instinct for so many years the, you know, kind of M.O. of the Chargers is, okay, every game's going to be close, and then they're probably going to lose the close games. (laughs) And, you know, you just want to see them when they get up on teams to be able to kind of, you know, put the the hammer down and finish teams off because they've got all these great players, and we just haven't seen that yet. Mm. Tom Brady told us he's seeing a lot of bad football around the league, so now through six weeks, would you agree with that or no? I I would, and that's kind of what I mean when I was talking about teams being choppy. Yeah, is that – you just don't see teams coming out and, and clicking on all cylinders. And, you know, we've got a couple of them. Philly, I mean, looks really, really good. Jalen Hurts playing great. I think Kansas City and Buffalo, we, we've seen some really good things from them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Packers, you know, are, are struggling. The Bucks are struggling. Um, you know, we've talked about these two teams tonight, the mm-hmm. Raiders. I mean, all these teams that, that you feel like have the pieces aren't playing very good football. And, and we were actually talking about it, I think, off the air tonight was just, and I think Austin Eckler, you know, actually mentioned it in our post game interview, how he doesn't, he didn't play in preseason, and you're seeing so many more guys and so many more quarterbacks not playing in preseason, and you wonder what kind of effect that has on you know these teams, and you know I think back to the beginning of the season, and you go, 
hey, Patrick Mahomes played a lot in preseason. <laughs> uh, Josh Allen played some. He didn't play a lot, but he played some. Jalen Hurts played. You know, and, and you start to wonder if some of the choppiness, especially early in the season, has to do with these guys not playing together. And especially if you put guys in a new situation and Russell Wilson doesn't play and Derek Carr doesn't play with Devontae Adams in a new offense, and, and you start to wonder, oh, maybe that has a big effect on you know, how they come out of the blocks early and how long it takes them to really find their rhythm. We're so excited to spend a few minutes with Kurt Warner, fresh off Westwood One broadcast of Monday Night Football. Another overtime thriller, this one from L.A., and he's also a Hall of Fame QB, so good to pick his brain a little bit here on After Hours CBS Sports Radio. Is there no way to fix it other than just reps? Because I guess that's the million-dollar question, right? How do you get there? Well, I think, you know, for me, I've always felt like, so kind of visualize this, is that you could take, three really good quarter, three Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and you could draw a play up on the board, and you could have one Hall of Fame quarterback that loves it, one that says, oh, you know, it's okay, I can deal with that, and then one that goes, I hate that play. <laughs> and you might look at that and go, how is that possible for three really good quarterbacks to not, you know, all feel the same way about a particular play? But we all see the game differently. We play the game differently mentally. And I've always felt it was so important for an offense coordinator or offensive play designer or play caller to see the game the same way as their quarterback or to learn how their quarterback sees the game so they can create plays and call plays accordingly. And so that to me becomes a big part of this process with, you know, these new coaches coming in with these new quarterbacks and, you know, just thinking, Hey, I'm going to take this offense that I ran in new England and we're going to run it in Las Vegas and it's going to be seamless. And then you have Derek Carr going, I don't know if I really, I'm really feeling these plays. I don't, they don't really make sense to, to how I see the game. And then there's that you know, lack of continuity. And so I think that becomes a big part of it is as you know, you're trying to install my offense and you're trying to install it for this quarterback and you're designing new plays each week is being able to develop that understanding of the guy behind center, the guy with the ball in his hands on every play. How does he see the game? How does he process these different plays and I've got to find a way to build my offense around the way he sees the game. Otherwise it's always going to feel like it's choppy and it's always going to be like, you know, the quarterback is fighting these plays and fighting to make them work because they're not fully confident in it because they're not seeing it or it's not being built the way that they play the game. Sounds like a friendship or a marriage relationship. Got to figure out how to communicate and get on the same page, right? <laughs> I, I think there's a little of that for sure. And, and, and then you have to just like a relationship, you got to figure out who's going to win out in the end, right? If you've got, you know, if you've got a coordinator that really likes what he's doing and then you have a quarterback that doesn't like it and wants to do some other stuff, who gets to win out in the end? And I'm always a believer that the guy on the, the field mm. has to win out in the end. You know, my wife's always got to win out in the end, but I can't, <laughs> I can't feel like I'm always going to be the winner and it's going to be my way is that you got to figure that out. But I, I, I just don't believe any team's ever going to be really, really good until you build around your quarterback and you find a system that fits him. And, and you see very few quarterbacks that really excel from one system to another. Peyton Manning did. But if you go and talk to the people that were around that, Peyton basically took his offense and ultimately it became the Broncos offense. You could say the same about me going from you know St. Louis to Arizona, is it took some time, but eventually 
the offense that we developed was very similar to what we did in St. Louis um, because we were built that way and because it was how I felt I played my best football. And when we got there, we started having success. And so that becomes a key component with these quarterbacks and with these new coaches that are coming in to be with these new quarterbacks is making sure that it fits what that quarterback does well. And I think that's the only way to truly have great success. Kurt Warner, Hall of Fame quarterback, Westwood One and NFL Network analyst. It was a really long day for him, and yet he was generous, and he gave extensive answers, and I learned a lot. We also talked about roughing the passer, so I didn't have a chance to include that here, but literally the very next question that I asked him, how would you define roughing the passer as a quarterback? And considering that it's still very much in the spotlight over the last two weeks, we had two more calls that raised eyebrows on Monday Night Football. Definitely make sure you get that answer or get that uh, conversation with Kurt. I think you'll learn a lot too. Uh, In fact, I've got a brand new website that will be among my most checked websites or the five websites that you check every day. I've I've heard that question before. We might've even done that question before here on the show. (laughs) The five websites that you check every single day, I'm adding QB confidential to it because I always learn when I hear Kurt talk. It's After Hours on CBS Sports Radio, our podcast, AfterHoursAmyLawrence.com. Time for our Defensive Player of the Week, sponsored by the Navy Federal Credit Union, who proudly serves the Armed Forces DOD, veterans, and their families. Their members are the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. We're going to give it to C.J. Gardner-Johnson on this edition of the show this week because... He not only had four tackles for the Eagles on Sunday Night Football, but he had two huge interceptions, uh, those coming at the hands of Cooper Rush. Uh, But the fact that the Eagles were able to defend their home turf, uh, they did see the Cowboys rally and come back with 17 unanswered points after they had scored 20 in the second quarter. It took a defense standing up, being tough, protecting its field protecting its record and certainly keeping the Cowboys out of the end zone. So for CJ Gardner Johnson and the Philadelphia Eagles, it was the perfect way to cap the first six weeks uh, and then head into their bye. On Twitter, on Facebook, we ask you to vote for TD of the week. <laughs> I suppose this is a little bit corny. So, you know, you can just laugh at me, at me if you like. But I suppose that. Carolina Panthers interim head coach Steve Wilkes was also playing a little defense, right? And deciding that Robbie Anderson should have no more part of the offense, kicked him off of the field, and then they traded him away from the Panthers to the Cardinals on Monday. According to Robbie, he has no idea why he was told to leave the field. I feel like we heard that from Antonio Brown as well, right? But It was not a huge shocker that he was no longer a member of the Panthers. And remember, they've had calls and they've been fielding offers for some of their offensive players, considering the fact that they've already fired Matt Rule. It wasn't Christian McCaffrey. It was Robbie Anderson. He did not want to be part of what they were doing on Sunday. I'm sure there are others who were disgruntled, but sometimes you just get your ass up and you walk to the huddle anyway. You get your rear end in gear and you go to that business meeting, even if you think it's all a complete waste of time. (laughs) Because that's what you're paid to do. And also because we're all in this together type of thing, right? That's... It's teamwork that makes the dream work, even when the dream is is not manifesting itself right in front of you. 
The offense in the NFL in the first six weeks is what? Enjoying your responses on our social media. That will be the question throughout the day on Tuesday plus TD of the week. And we are back with you tonight for the Hump Show, middle show of the work week, plus a game five in baseball and the start of the NLCS. Talk to you then. It's after hours, CBS Sports Radio. Boom! This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 